The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub, featuring an in-depth study of the Bible by Pastor Greg Scalzo, entitled Heavenly Authority. We are currently in Chapter 10 of 1 Samuel, in the section on the anointing of Saul as king. And we left off last time with Samuel's instructions to Saul about a group of prophets he would see coming down from the high place. Here now is Pastor Greg. And we can never confuse freedom, freedom in the Holy Spirit, with freedom to do whatever you want. We believe in being free in the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Spirit guiding individuals to do what the Lord Jesus Christ has for them to do. But we don't believe that everyone can just do what they want and get to God. All ways do not lead to the Lord. Modern religion teaches you can be free to do whatever you want. Certainly if there's a God, he'll accept you into heaven. Aren't all the religions the same? Well, Israel will go into gross apostasy and worship all types of foreign gods. All the abominable practices of the people that were pushed out before them. Not all ways lead to God. There is only one way. What confines us today, the Jerusalem for us today, the Shiloh for us today, is the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. And when you have the word deep in your heart and you study and you want to know the will of God and you desire to do what Jesus wants you to do, then you are free in the spirit. The spirit allows us to be free and we can worship where the spirit leads us. No Christian church is the church, no matter what they tell you. Matter of fact, some of the more organized religions, the more organized institutions which have all the traditions and the creeds in them, and many of the creeds are right, have gone far afield and are embracing the modern theology that all ways lead to God. When you read this Bible, you know that Jesus Christ is the only way onto the Father. He is the way, and you cannot go onto God except through him. The Bible constrains us even as Samuel was constrained by the word of God. And so we have freedom then. It's not as though we go up to the high places to worship whatever we want. We recognize the Lord Jesus Christ. We are servants. We are bound to him, to his word. Every word he speaks. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall never pass away. And so we have a central point of worship, and we can be free then in the spirit of God to find his direction because the Spirit of God will never, never contradict the Holy Scriptures. Since we are properly constrained, then we can be set free. But those who just seek to be free from God in any of his ways, they need to be restrained. Bethel will become a place of apostasy as the high place is abused. So notice here these prophets come down and they have the music and they're prophesying. And prophecy is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And you notice the crucial role of music in bringing forth the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we saw this back in our study 
um, when we went ahead to Second Chronicles, we were studying the Levites, and we saw how when they brought the ark into the temple in Second Chronicles chapter 5 and verse 13, Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and the singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The glory of God comes down in that house as they sing, as they praise, as they play the musical instruments and make songs unto God. The presence of God comes down. Here these prophets are singing, they're playing music, they're prophesying in the presence of of the Holy Spirit. And we know even in our own worship, our own worship services, how important music is to our worship and to our worship services. To be free and relaxed and just worship Jesus Christ and sing praises unto his name was and still is the most wonderful formula for entering into the presence and the glory and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here now you have the zenith of this third sign of the prophets. It says in verse 6, he tells them he'll come across these prophets, they'll be prophesying. And then Samuel tells Saul, then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man. So Saul will also prophesy. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, Samuel says. It overflows like, like electricity. It jumps, it arcs from those prophets, from that school of prophets onto Saul, and he'll prophesy. And this is the fulfillment. This is the manifestation of that symbol of the oil, we read last time, the anointing, the anointed one, when the flask is open or broken and the oil flows down over the head and over the body. Well, the symbol of the oil, and it's throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And this will be the fulfillment of that symbol. Now the Holy Spirit will wash down over Saul. He will be anointed from his head to his toes, as the Holy Spirit covers him and comes upon him. And notice, as the Holy Spirit comes upon him, there's a gift. And the gift here is, you also will prophesy. A gift. There's the anointing, there's a gift. And second, you will be turned into another man. There's a change of personality, a change of heart. You will become a different person. And we see with this scripture, we begin to see a deeper working of the Holy Spirit, maybe than before, that it's not just to gift, it's not just to empower, it's not just to anoint, 
that you can take and, you know, with the jawbone of an ass, destroy so many Philistines. But it's also to change the individual. He changes, the Holy Spirit changes us to make us a different kind of person. The old nature maybe goes one way, but the Lord can change us. The Lord can enable us. The Lord can make us who we ought to be to do the things he has for us to do. Notice, when it says that he changes Saul, it does not mean, it does not mean he takes away Saul's free will. Sometimes we become confused about this. How we can ask the Lord to change our lives and the Spirit changes us and then we fight against it. Saul will see, and it's clear with him, that later on he fights against God's way and he becomes disobedient. So just because the Holy Spirit can change us does not mean we lose our free will. We have to continually yield ourselves to the Spirit and he will continually change us to be who we're supposed to be. The first king of Israel has the Spirit come upon him. And oh, how leaders need the Holy Spirit. Saul here is anointed onto service, even as the judges were anointed onto service. And as we speak about heavenly authority, Saul is a civil leader, though he has a high religious aspect to his leadership because Israel is a nation under God. How much more then do Christian leaders need the anointing of the Holy Spirit? For anyone that's called to minister to a church, the bride of Christ, that person must have, the people all should have, but the person in leadership needs. The first step is to be baptized, to be covered, to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, there will not be the gifts necessary for ministry. Without the Holy Spirit, there will not be the ability to stand when the devil comes against the individual to try to bring down the congregation. The leaders need, it's the first step for leadership, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Think back to the camp in Moses' time, how the 70 that were called to be elders, God poured out his spirit upon them in the camp. So God has given signs to build Saul's faith and to prepare him. Then Samuel says, after this third sign, in verse 7, And let it be, when these signs come to you, that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. That you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. Once you've seen, you've seen the signs. Once you've been touched, you've been anointed, you've been gifted from the Holy Spirit, then Samuel says, do. Then go and do. And we'll see in Saul the importance to leadership to go and do when you're told to go and do and to stop and wait when you're told to stop and wait. There are important elements to obedience. You know, some people are very bold and they're like, Choo-choo trains, you just keep going. 
You know, some leaders are like that. And they accomplish great things because when they're supposed to go, they go. But many times they hit into a wall because when God wants them to stop, it's against their nature to stop. And they just keep going. And some leaders are more cautious. They're very careful. So they're very good at waiting and being patient. But the opportunity keeps arising for them to do when they don't do, and they never get going. It's important to go when you have to go and to stop and wait when you have to wait. Here he's telling him, once you receive the anointing, there are events that are going to come to pass and the Spirit of God is going to come upon Saul, do what the occasion demands. Do what is required, for God is with you. The Spirit will raise up Saul, will see that Saul will win a great victory as the Spirit of God comes upon him and zeal comes upon him and he saves the Israelites at Jabesh Gilead. And remember the anointing saves. He's anointed, and it brings salvation at Jabesh Gilead. Then he gives them a restriction. He says, verse 8, You shall go down before me to Gilgal, and surely I will come down to you to offer burnt offerings and make sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days you shall wait till I come to you and show you what you should do. You have been listening to the teaching ministry of Greg Scalzo, pastor of Shear Jeshub Christian Tabernacle of Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord keep you safe in his blessed hands as with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you serve him.